In this episode, we are highlighting a featured alumni in the I Am Success Workbook, Youth Companion Guide with Foster Care Experience, Ms. Remy Morris. Remy Morris is 24 years old and has 11 years of lived experience in child welfare. She is the co-founder of Raising Resilience, an organization created to act as a support to minority communities through providing tools, training, and custom-made resources to support them and the people who work with them. She is also the author of The Foster Parents, Caring in Color, and The Foster Parents, Caring in Color Guidebook. Remy works in multiple spaces in child welfare nationally and locally to help young people currently experiencing care to find their voices. Remy is currently working to expand her public speaking, training, and planning to publish more resources to aid in creating change in child welfare. So let's hop right into our conversation. Hola, I would like to introduce you to my sister and community, a public speaker, author, um, co-founder of Raising Resilience, and someone who has had foster care experience. We met at an internship where I was one of the mentors in her cohort. And it's just been an incredible experience to see her growth and, you know, Remy, to see you continue to blossom into the woman that you are today. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Um, how do you feel? I'm so excited and honored to even be allowed to be on the podcast. This is so exciting. It was actually on my vision board for this year. So it's, I was screaming when you ah! <laughs> because I had just gotten done writing it on my vision board so wow uh, oh that makes me so so happy um yeah today we're just gonna you know dive into your experience after foster care um you know really just what that's been like for you so tell us a little bit how you transitioned out of foster care was it like adoption aging out what did that really look like for you so um I ended up aging out. Um, I did the whole way to uh, 23. So I aged out of foster care and then I did extended services. And then I actually just finished with voluntary services uh, September of last year because of the pandemic, um, which I do think was a great, great decision for me in the end. But the truth is like, I've really been thinking about it a lot as to like why or how I aged out and I really just realized that it was because that was the only option that I was given when I was in care um you know no one ever told me that you know I had an option to be adopted or you know once reunification was off the table um the way that it was fun was that like you know being adopted as a young teen was just not going to happen or no one told me that I'd still be able to talk to my bio mom and my siblings and I really feared for losing those relationships and so I aged out because I thought that it was what I had to do. Like, this was the only option. And so it was, you know, really hard to make that decision so young because I knew that I would still have to face, you know, four or five years before I could actually age out of the system at 18. So I knew that I'd have a, a rough journey moving forward, but it was the only option that I was given. So, yeah, I ended up aging out and um actually went to college you know the day right the day after I graduated from high school um and so you know things kind of started to come together at that point and I didn't have to deal with um the problems that I was having in foster homes because I really couldn't keep a foster home for very long um but once I got to college the experience of aging out was a lot easier for me 
And you said like you really felt like and there wasn't that many uh, that many conversations around what you could do um, to transition out of foster care. So if you were given that opportunity again, let's say like looking back at all your experiences, what type of options and maybe there's it's one that necessarily isn't on the table. Um, but um, what would that really have looked like for you? Like knowing your own circumstances and things that you went through, what would you have chosen um, as a route to transition out? So, you know, you know, most people, once they go through like these hard things, our answer is normally like, oh, I do it all over again, even though it was hard. And, you know, sometimes I feel like that. Um, but other times I feel like it shouldn't have had to be hard. I should have had the option of, I didn't even have the option of kinship care. Um, my mom has 11 brothers and sisters. And because it wasn't something that was talked to me about, I didn't even know if I could reach out to an aunt or an uncle and have that as an option and be able to still be near my family or close to my family. Um, so if I had learned a little bit more about that, I would have loved to explore that option while I was younger. Yeah, that's definitely beautiful. And thinking about those connections, like with your biological family, um, do you have any connections currently with your biological family? Like, what has that been like when you transitioned out? Okay. Well, so um, I am lucky. I'm very lucky. Um, I have a relationship with my mother. Um, I am the second oldest of 11 kids, and I am grateful to say that I have access to all of them. In fact, sometimes I wish they'd leave me alone a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that come with being the, like an older child is that yeah. like, you want to call and come over. Um, ever since I got my own apartment, um, that's been, you know, I guess it's more of our house than mine. Um, so yeah. I'm, but I'm very lucky. My younger siblings were adopted and they have an amazing, amazing mother. Um, and she allows access to, um, to them from me and my mother. So we all have like this really big mixed family. And it's, it's honestly something I'm so, so grateful for. The adoption process was, you know, hard, but it was definitely worth it. And it was very much like something I will never forget. You know, she got us hoodies made and I was allowed to go to the adoption and you know, it's, it's been a very beautiful experience getting to learn how to be, you know, a family all over again and watching my younger siblings be able to be parented outside of the system. Um, so I, again, I'm, I'm just lucky. That's so beautiful. Wow. So thinking about like some of those relationships that um, you have with your biological family, were there other relationships and um, like relationships today that you'd really love to highlight um, from you transitioning out of care and now? Yeah, so um, I tended to want to like be in the comfort of my family a lot. Um, I, I just at the time didn't see or think that it was important to, to try to build a lot of relationships outside of my siblings because I felt like they needed me. And I felt super misunderstood after being a residential um, for a long time, I actually felt like I had been institutionalized and I really didn't know how to connect with my peers, you know, who had not experienced foster care. And so it was really, really hard. Uh, but eventually I was able to really work on myself and 
work on my my communication skills and how I presented myself and you know one relationship that I had that has greatly affected where I am in life currently is I and, and I said this a lot and people are like that well I don't I wouldn't consider it that but I fell in love young and so I had a significant other um my junior year of high school who was just very open and was listening to me and pushing me to be better and so um I mean I had been sent to a psych ward while we were in a relationship and she had come actually to the psych ward the day that I was being able to be let out and surprised me and brought my friend and brought you know um just people to love me and she brought me gifts and she just continued to stay there and remind me of like all the good that I had I felt like so many people have forced me or were presenting me as this terrible, terrible person. And she really helped me to see myself in a different light. And we went off to college together. And, you know, I that's where I started wanting to do public speaking. Uh, a professor teaching a child welfare class actually asked me if I would talk about my experience. And originally it was a, it was a no, I wasn't gonna do it. Um, and my girlfriend at the time was really like, you have to get past this and this might be the way to do it and educating the, the people who will be working with those people, like future foster kids, like you could really make a change. And she convinced me and, you know, it was the first time I had ever spoken my experience and I absolutely fell in love with it. I fell in love with my ability to connect with people through my experiences to educate. And so I had that relationship and no, we're not together now. We're still very close friends. But I think that, you know, without having that one person who could continue to show me that I was more than what people, you know, assumed that I was, um, it was a relationship that has completely changed the trajectory of my life. Um, and another relationship that, you know, came out of nowhere that was so influential was actually someone who was doing transportation for my visits. So um, it, me and my family got court-ordered visits to see each other um, twice a week. And we have people who would transport us because, you know, that's 11 kids and a mom needed transportation. So we all had like these people who would come and pick us up. And so she would pick us up for transportation and, and transport us to our visits and then just sit there and wait with us. And in the beginning, we did not like each other. Um, and it, it was simply because like we just didn't understand each other. More so she didn't understand me and the role that I played in my family. So my whole life, I was always told like, you're too grown and you need to stay in a child's place and you're not their mom. And so when she would see how I reacted or acted with my family, it was very maternal. It was very like the parent figure, even while my mom was there. And so like none of the workers were, they, they didn't approve of it. And it wasn't something that they allowed me to do. And I, I actually didn't know that she just didn't understand. And she actually recently told me the day that she started getting who I was and understanding how she needed to show up for me. And it was something that had happened in court. And we came to a visit. My mom wasn't there. And I was just very upset. And so I was really acting out. I was very mean to people. I was like, you know, really having a temper tantrum. <laughs> and she pulled me aside and she's like, you need to get it together. Look how you have your siblings acting. And I just told her, and it was the first time I cried in front of her and I told her, you just don't understand. And she said, she stopped and she was like, I guess I don't, help me understand. And we actually had a heart to heart conversation. And you know, our relationship had completely did a 180 after that conversation. She actually took me to my first paid speaking event. She, wow. Yeah, she is one of the most important people in my life currently. She's amazing, super supportive. She's, she, I tell people all the time I have a white grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
um, she shows up for me every single time, even today. She calls me to tell me that she's proud of me. She, you know, she, my mom isn't a person that um, in the past has been able to be outwardly proud or, you know, say things yeah. like that. And it's because of how she grew up. And so this was the first like adult figure that was able to express those things to me in a way that was meaningful and honest and, and true and authentic. And one thing about her is that she really helped me in this speaking career to show up as myself. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very different breed of people. Um, she, she's not what people consider like a super nice or very like easygoing or sweet. She's very like, this is what it is. And she's very hardcore. We love that for her. Um, but she just, <laughs> you know, she just really pushed me to maintain my authenticity and show up as myself every single time. Yes. So shout out to her. <laughs> oh, that makes me so, so happy to know that you have um, just some truly positive um, influences in your life. So you talked about um, not being able to connect with your peers at some point from being institutionalized. And I know that a lot of youth um, experience that. And I'm curious, like what your healing process was. Um, Obviously, it was definitely some of these exposures to positive influences and adults. Um, So what are some other things that you believe in your healing journey has put you in a place where you are now where you're you're just such a you know loving person and um continuously finding ways to be innovative in different spaces and uh looking to collaborate and you know bring uh love and and all the beautiful things in, in um different spaces so i'm curious like from going to the space of like, oh, I'm not able to connect with my peers and feeling really like institutionalized from your experiences, um, having people tell you, you know, you're a terrible person or seeing you that way. Like, what were some of the things that helped you to heal some of that? So that's that's a great question. Um, and so it, it really wasn't, it really wasn't experiences per se. It wasn't like, you know, just finding people because I had, you know, found a few people here and there and while I was in care who probably were really good people. I just wasn't open to accepting that. The biggest thing right. that, yeah, the biggest thing that changed for me, like absolutely was my mindset. Um, I didn't let people love me because I didn't understand that I was worthy of being loved. Right. So when I started treating myself like I liked me, mm. I started letting other people treat me well. I started treating other people better instead of, you know, the, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. If someone tells you you're never going to be anything in life, you believe it and you just make that decision to never be anything in life. Mm-hmm. And so once I started changing my mindset and understanding, like I am a person and that I am worthy of being loved and, and especially from myself, I started, you know, being able to show up better. And the other thing I, I, I realized is that healing really was a journey. It really was a journey. And I thought that healing was supposed to be a destination. And yeah, I I thought that, you know, once things started looking a little bit better, when I got my girlfriend, when I had this supportive, you know, adult figure in my life, I I felt like I had a community. I thought that that would be it. I thought like that meant I was healed. And then I would have these really bad days where Mm. I felt really angry or felt confused or, you know, I was being irrational. And I thought, wow, 
I thought I was healed. I thought I was at that destination. Right, right. Yeah, and so it would set me back. It would set me back. I'd have one bad day because um, I've, you know, I've struggled with my mental health my entire life. And so I'd have a bad day where I'm super anxious or depressed and think like, that's it. I got to start this all over again to get to the destination, to get to the destination. And I didn't understand that it really is a journey. And sometimes, you know, forgiving people is something that we do. So like, I feel like I've completely forgiven some people and then I might do that today and tomorrow I might need to re-forgive you because I might be mad again. And just understanding like that doesn't make me less than who I am because I'd have these bad days. And, you know, foster care almost made me feel like you have to delete the worst parts of yourself to be able to actually succeed. And that's mm-hmm. not true. You know, understanding that who I was and who I will be are not different people. They are, they are parts of myself that have to coexist. And so I don't have to erase little Remy. I don't have to erase what I, I've gone through because it, you know, it's part of me and I need to show up wholly and fully as myself. And once I started doing that, I found people who like, you know, I'm not everybody cup of tea. I know that. <laughs> not everybody cup of tea. Um, but I don't want to be in spaces where I always have to be, you know, perfect, you know, because the pressures are performing perfectly. Say that three times. Um, yes. She's strong and she will have you fighting for your life. And so I, you know, I stopped short. I stopped showing up feeling like I had to always perform perfectly and mm-hmm. found people who would love me even when I didn't. And that's how I started making those connections because there are people in this world who you don't have to perform for. You do not have to be perfect for. And, you know, whether that be with your family, whether that be with your significant other, whether that be with whoever, there's people in this world who will love you even when you're not performing perfectly. Once you find those people, those are your people. And those are the people who really help push you in this journey. Yeah. And and I love that you highlight that because like we think about these different um, ideas about professionalism and perfection. And if only I could be this specific level of myself and like, yeah, I I definitely agree. We have to just kind of uh, allow ourselves to be ourselves and really get to know who that is and be okay with who that is. Absolutely. You know, like I, I didn't know then, but I was doing a whole lot of shadow work. I was really trying to understand myself. And, you know, I, I would think that like when I showed up angry or ready to fight that, you know, I was a bad person. And I, I had to start, stop questioning why I did things. Well, you know, the things I did and understand like, why was this part of me coming out? Because why did I feel like I needed to protect myself in this space? And so once I started understanding what parts of me showed up in different spaces, I was able to really just understand that, you know, being a fighter isn't a a bad thing. Being tough isn't a bad thing. Being, you know, loud isn't a bad thing. We have to understand when to be those, those parts of ourselves, because those are the parts of ourselves that protect us. And I had to really get out of feeling like I needed to protect myself. And once I got out of those environments, I could be less of that. But when I was in spaces with, you know, foster parents who always made me feel like I have to protect myself, those are the parts of me that showed. Those are the parts of me that came out. So, yes, you got, if if you get Remy that want to fight or Remy that want to argue or Remy that want to go toe-to-toe, it's because I'm in a space that I feel like I have to protect myself in. And Mm. so I stopped putting it on myself and started understanding that that was more the workers I was with. That was more my foster parents putting me in those spaces because there's people in this world who never make me feel like I have to protect myself from them, who never get that part of me. 
Absolutely. And touching on that, you created a whole coloring book uh, for foster parents to use. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, it's called the Foster Parent Caring in Color. And basically, um, it's a set of two. One is a coloring book and the other is the actual like written out words and tips. Um, and so the coloring book is a coloring book slash journal. Um, yes. And it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, me and my best friend, Justin, who is the, you know, he also is my partner in our business. Um, we decided that we wanted to make tools to help young people in care and realize that if we want to help young people, we have to help who helps young people. And so we made this tool. And the reason we named it, you know, Caring in Color is because we understand that parenting isn't black and white and that different things work for different parents and different things work for different kids. And so it's 26 tips A through Z on how to, you know, be a better parent. And so, and this is from our experiences, but also from experiences of our peers. We actually got to reach out to some people and talk about what could have made, you know, our foster care experience better. And even still, what were some of our foster parents or people in our lives doing that they were doing well? And we took all these things and we put them in this little guide where you can actually read through our experiences and why this is important and how it affected our lives and go back to the journal and write what you felt or write when a time that you you know, yourself have felt like that before, or what did you learn from this? But also it's a coloring book because I'm an artist and I am doing my best to show up as my full self in every space that I'm working in. Um, so I just wanted to draw a little, um, and it's a, a way for foster parents to decompress because we know parenting is not easy. I mean, I can't say that, you know, I'm not a parent per se, but I did help my mom raise my siblings and they are two handfuls. <laughs> um, and so I mean, I, yeah, 11 brothers and sisters. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, well, you know, at least birthday parties were always lit. Um, you're never bored. Yeah, that's a, I just, I just love it. I, I love it. Oh it, my gosh. Honestly, it's great. <laughs> it is great. Um, so yeah, you know, it was, again, it's just used to add to um, a, a parent's ability to already parent. So it's not to say like, you're doing it wrong and this is the right way, but instead it's to say, here's some other things that ha have worked and, you know, may work for you. Yes, uh, it's outstanding. And um, I think everyone should definitely grab uh, Caring in Color. Where can they grab it? So we're actually, you can send an email to us. Um, it, you can actually email me. Um, is remy.more73 at gmail.com. Um, right now, we're actually doing a website rebrand, which is really cool. We're going to be updating the website for 2022. Um, so new photos. <laughs> yes. Materials. We're actually pushing out some new materials this year. So that's exciting. Yes. Um, just amazing. And, and thinking about like the experience that you had, you know, to age out and really building yourself up from the ground up um to now you know being an entrepreneur co-founder of raising resilience an author of caring in color um you know just all the amazing work that you're just getting you know you're, you're not even um done like not even close to done like you're just getting started your, your wheels are just going and i'm just excited to be a part of that process and, you know, 
anything that I can do to support. So I'm curious, um, like long term and with your vision of your business and your personal work as an artist, like what is what is the impact that you want to really create in the world? That is a great question. I feel like I was just born yesterday sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I am you know, I like I, I can say that I woke up this morning and I just had it all figured out, but I, I don't, you know, I don't. I I just turned 24 and, you know, my ultimate end goal is really to be a parent. I really just want to be a good parent eventually. And oh, I love it. You know, sometimes people are like, I want my impact to be like, I want to be the president and I want to do this. And like, those are great. But the legacy I want to live is like breaking cycles and raising kids who don't have to to heal from things like I've had to. That um, part. <laughs> so, you know, that's really my end goal, like build a house. And I tell my mom, I buy her and my siblings because, you know, I got a lot of them. I'll get them two acres of land and they got to build their own houses on it and we can be close together. Yes. <laughs> I just want to build a really strong family unit and live and be happy and you know, uh, of course, I want to make change and change lives in, in the process. But really, like you can change the lives in your house and 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 it'd be just as good as, you know, going out here and breaking your back for something that you may not, you know, even want to do. Like I I'm, I'm still trying to find my way um, currently. You know, I'm very happy. Um, I get to work with young people. Um, I actually am the first person to have the job that I have. So I work with an organization called Foster Success, and I'm a youth advisor, which is crazy um, because this is an organization that still currently services me. So they, they're paying for my school and things like that. But um, I'm working there and I get to work with, you know, young people and, you know, helping them to understand that you can show up as yourself and be yourself and that you are deserving of love and success and happiness, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but, and, but that's what my impact looks like day to day. Just, you know, the things that really make me happy working with, with young people until, you know, eventually somebody go, you know, come and try to marry me. We'll see when that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. And I'm, you know, wishing you all the, all the love towards that, you know, end of 2022. Uh oh something about to pop off end of 2022 just putting that out there um yes i would love to know closing question what do you want to share for youth who are in transition that has that have a background um of being institutionalized um and maybe they are internalizing what people are saying to them that you know they're not a great person and because of their traumas um they're only limited to a certain level or definition of success or success may just completely be off the table for them um, is what people are telling them so what would you want to tell that youth i would tell them that first of all they make all the power that they have in themselves is all that they need they don't need anybody else making the decisions for them i would tell them that they can exist as whoever they want. There's a duality to this this human experience where you can be both vulnerable and strong, both angry and happy. And I really want them to live in the, in the beauty of that duality and understanding that like you make your future, you really do. 
and everything that you want in life is up to you. Like you put your mind to it. You push yourself, treat you like you like you. <laughs> Take your time, give, grant yourself some grace and find people, find people who love you and support you and push you to be the best version of yourself always. You know, I, I have you on Hella. You always are motivational. I can call you and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a little stressed. And knowing, know that you will support me and, you know, help push me again to, to follow my dreams, whatever that looks like. Oh, yes. Yes. I will always be um, here. I'm a Taurus. So I'm an earth sign. <laughs> One of my um, qualities is definitely loyalty. That can also be to a fault. So <laughs> I'm going to be here. <laughs> regardless and just so much love definitely for you um and your journey yes um please let us know where we can connect with you um any last comments that you want to share yeah floor is yours (laughs) well i mean i think i've said what i needed to say you know again just i hope that young people are able to love themselves and find people who also love them and sharing that loving experience together. Absolutely. Where can we connect with you? Um, well, again, the website is down for now. So you, your best option is actually shooting me an email and we can go from there. All right. Well, um, amazing to have you here. Um, thank you for agreeing to be on. And obviously, we'll have you back at some point. <laughs> thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for tuning in to the Soulful Liberation podcast. You can check out the I Am Success workbook at www.soulfulliberation.com books. And you can learn more about Remy at www.soulfulliberation.com resources. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to give us a rating on whichever platform you're listening on. and. Yeah, uh, don't forget to subscribe so you can listen to the next episode. Peace.